Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 192. Joining us today in the studio on a return visit is Peter Economy, author of the new bestseller, Wait, I'm Working for Who? The Essential Guide for Dealing with Difficult Coworkers, Annoying Managers, and Other Toxic Personalities. Peter is also the best-selling author of Managing for Dummies, with more than 600,000 copies sold worldwide and a top columnist as the leadership guy on Inc.com, which averages more than 1 million page views a month for his more than 1,500 columns published to date. He routinely works with C-level executives, executive coaches, and business consultants worldwide. Good morning, Peter. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thanks so much. It's great to be back again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and Craig and I have been really looking forward to speaking with you again. Back for another episode, back with another book. And we're so excited about this one, Working With Who? <laughs> the Essential Guide to Dealing with Difficult Coworkers, Annoying Managers, and Other Toxic Personalities. Peter, you've given us a gift. What inspired you to write this book? This one was personal inspiration. I mean, I've been in many toxic workplaces, and this time I kind of look back at that and thought about, well, what's really the most disruptive thing I've ever had in my own career? And it was toxic people. It was toxic bosses, and it was toxic people that I worked with. So it was pretty inspirational from my own experience. I bet it was a little bit indulgent, too, because I'm thinking about how, you know, when you're writing, you're always trying to think of like an archetype, like a specific person you're writing for or writing to. So did you have any like post-traumatic stress from reliving some of those situations? Yeah, I did. It's funny because, you know, I've been working for myself for some time now. It's probably been 20 years since I worked in a workplace, you know, traditional job. I was a manager for a while. I was an employee for a while. I've done all those different roles. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny how that trauma, I mean, it's I you know, sometimes it's traumatic, but it's funny how long that sticks with you. I'd kind of forgotten about some of these things, but as I thought back to those events, I definitely relived them to some degree. And it was, it's funny how long that sticks with you. It really does. And in the workplace, you know, when you're running a business as an employer, And you have somebody like this in your organization, man, you use the word toxic. It can do so much damage. How do we end up there? Nobody tries to hire a toxic person by design. So why does this end up happening? And why are these people sometimes so difficult to remove? Well, it does begin with the hiring. You're right. I mean, when you're a business owner, when you're hiring people, you try to find the best people for that job. But the best person for the job may have hidden toxic tendencies, I guess you could call it. And they could be toxic and you may not be aware of it until they actually get on the job and start working. And they may be there for some time. They may be there for six months, a year, and just kind of skate along. Everything's going great. They're performing wonderfully. The team's working fine. But then all of a sudden, you start hearing complaints about them. You start hearing that people don't like working with this person. They're they're toxic. And there's a lot of people out there who are toxic. I think there's been a lot of research done. And at least two-thirds of American employees report that they have at one time or another worked in a toxic workplace. And one quarter of those people report that they've worked in more than one toxic workplace. So there's plenty of that going around. 
Peter, yeah, that's amazing what's going on in some businesses. And like you're saying, some of it isn't always recognizable at first, or there's a big surprise that there's a problem. Jumping back to the hiring process a little bit, what types of symptoms might we be diving into to really kind of test that beforehand? I know it's difficult, but is there anything we can look for that are symptoms ahead of time? Yeah, it's interesting because you put people through an interview process and that's the only opportunity you really have generally to get the real scoop on someone, to really test someone and see what kind of person they're like and what kind of what's their personality like? Are they a super nice person? Are they short in their responses? Are they sarcastic? I mean, I'd be looking for sarcasm, someone who talks bad about their previous employer. So, I mean, that's a warning. That's something I always tell people, you know, always talk well about your previous employer, your current employer, when you're looking for a new job. Don't talk down about that. But if someone's saying, oh, God, the people I work with are a bunch of jerks, that's kind of a warning sign. And, you know, you're obviously going to ask for references. And I know some people are really afraid to tell the truth when they're a reference for someone, when they you ask them pointed questions about the person's behavior and attitude. And some people are afraid when they're a reference to, to tell you the truth, but sometimes they will. Sometimes you'll get someone who'll say, you know, this person, I don't know if I'd hire them again. They'll say something that's sort of a backhanded insult in a way. So I'd be looking for that kind of thing too. Yeah, I agree. It's really difficult, but I like some of the symptoms you're giving examples for. Wondering also, have you come across any indications of the level of impact this has on business and why it's so important? Well, yeah. I mean, I think intuitively that they become less engaged in their work. Again, research has been done and the total toxicity results in about $431 billion of impact in the United States each year on the workplace. That's $431 billion of impact. And what that translates to is to people not going to work. They're saying, I'm just not going to go to work today because I've got to work with this jerk. And I just don't feel like it today. I'm going to stay home, take a day off and not deal with this person. And it also comes out of people being less engaged in their work, being less productive. I mean, when people don't want to be on a team with someone who's a jerk, who's being toxic, when they don't want to interact with them, when they don't want to work with them, that's not good. It's a negative impact on the workplace. So there's all sorts of negative impacts. And I think it comes down to right off the bat, though, people just being disengaged. They just don't want to work with this person. And Peter, I know that in your book, you go through a number of symptoms or identifiers of watching a toxic person in action, if you will. And there's different styles and different forms of toxicity. Can you go through some of those for us? Yeah, I actually have in the book, there are 16 most common jerks at work, um, the 16 personalities that are the most common you'll run across. And I think there's probably more than that. These are the most obvious to me. But there may be many more than this. There's just different kinds of people that rub people the wrong way. For example, I've got this person that I call the pessimist. And that's the person who looks at everything with a glass half empty instead of the glass half full. Or they might just have an empty glass altogether. It might be nothing in that glass. They're always looking at the dark side of everything, the bad side of everything. Oh, geez, I don't know if we'll ever achieve that goal. I don't know if I'll ever you know, be able to sell that many of these cars. I don't know if, if our company will ever succeed. 
There are people who are what I call the intimidator, and we all know those kinds of people. They're in your face. They're the ones who are really aggressive. They're the ones who are people definitely are trying to steer clear from, trying to stay out of their way. The last thing you want to do is be around that kind of a person. And when you've got an intimidator in the workplace, that's usually when you hear a lot of complaints. People start complaining about that person. You know, if you're the boss, your employees are running to you saying, you know, this person's being really bad. I don't want to work with this person. Can you do something about it? And as the boss, you know, you get put in kind of a tough position because a lot of times these intimidators might be a really productive person. They might be the person who's your best salesperson, but they're also being very intimidating. And so you've got to balance that. There's people who are just gossipers, people who are always gossiping about other people. And that's not very productive. It's interesting. People like hearing gossip, but they don't like being gossiped about. And the gossiper is an equal opportunity gossiper. They'll talk about anybody and everybody. So eventually that starts getting people disengaged from the workplace. Yeah. And you touched on something really important there, Peter, when you talk about like this intimidator kind of personality, because I think it's great to have this distinction and have a way of thinking about these different types of people. But, you know, really, they're almost like different behaviors and sometimes they overlap. And I think that this idea of, so you're sitting here, you're running your business, and sometimes you have these people that are performing really well on paper. They're hitting their sales goal if they're in sales, or maybe they're in operations and they keep the trains running on time, right? So they are really good at making sure the thing happens. And there's sort of this hidden cost that you're not really seeing because sometimes you get this myopia around just trying to focus on the numbers and the performance. And I mean, it's such a trap because doesn't that sometimes just undermine your leadership for the rest of the employees? And what can we do about that? How do we identify that? And what are some techniques we can use to disarm and deal with that person and extract them from our organization? Yeah. And I think you bring up a really great point is that it reflects badly on you as a leader if you let this go on. And I've worked for companies where a boss, not necessarily my boss, but a boss would tolerate that bad behavior. So let's say you have an intimidator and this person was a VP of marketing. I I know I'm just speaking and thinking about a specific person in a company I used to work for. And this person was the VP of marketing. And he was a total jerk. I mean, people just did not like working for this person. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a few people quit. You know, they just left the job. They quit the job because of having to work with this person. They just said, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm not going to leave. Because the powers that be, the VP of marketing's boss tolerated it. He wanted the sales. He wanted the marketing results that he was getting, which were great. They were great results. But he wouldn't deal with it because he didn't want to. He didn't want to disturb what he was getting. So he was able to tolerate the other employees being upset and even quitting their jobs. So yeah, the first thing you've got to do when you're a boss, when you're the the business owner, an executive, a manager, you need to take action. I mean, you can't just tolerate it. You can't just say, I'm not going to do anything about it because I like these outcomes. I like these results because there is a hidden cost. And sometimes it's not so hidden. I mean, you're losing great employees because of this. Maybe you're not getting some of the great employees you need because of this, because the word gets out that there's some real jerks in your company. And so people just steer clear. And, and I think today with social media is so prevalent, 
you know, there's these websites that people leave reviews about your company. And, you know, people look at those websites, uh, Glassdoor and other sites like that. They'll see that there's a problem in your workplace. And they'll say, I'm not even going to bother considering working for that company because why should I? They tolerate jerks. So as a business owner, as a executive, as a manager, you need to take action and either neutralize the jerk or get rid of the jerk. You're so right. I mean, the cost of this is only going up in the information economy, right? It's only going up. And so now what's happening is it's one thing to tolerate a jerk for too long, maybe lose some other important people as a part of it, and then sort of come to terms and finally have the courage to do the hard thing and extract this person. And, you know, maybe there's a a little bit of a near-term cost if they were in a critical position, but you can rebound from that. You can really change the entire environment by making that choice. I've seen it happen when I was forced to deal with a real bully. And this bully had himself in our organization. And what his strength was, he was extremely competent in some disciplines that were very hard to replace. Right very esoteric, you know, set of knowledge and a very experienced person to be able to execute at his level. And I think he kind of knew that. He knew he was smarter than everybody else. Mm -hmm. He knew that it was hard to find people with those skills. And I let it go on too far. You know, I feel horrible about it. And I think had we dealt with it sooner, we would have been in a much better shape even quicker. But, you know, I did finally deal with it. I mean, it was like going from black and white to technicolor. You know, this guy left, it was like, ding dong, the witch is dead. Right. And I think that the employees were pretty forgiving. And I was lucky about that. You know, I think they were just so happy that I finally dealt with it. But, you know, people go on, like you say, and they leave reviews. And and so it's like, you don't even have to worry about just your brand from a customer facing standpoint. If you want to continue to thrive and grow as a company, you just can't afford to have this risk that you're going to gain this reputation as a place nobody wants to work. And eventually no one will want to do business with you either. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know that I write books all the time and I do a lot of ghostwriting with CEOs and other company founders and and executives. And I see examples all the time now of companies that are getting bad reputations and particularly like Silicon Valley, because those positions are hard to hire for. A lot of these technical positions are hard to hire for and they're hard to keep the people. And there are companies that are just getting super bad reputations because of the toxic employees that they tolerate and keep on board. And that word does get out. Not only is it on social media, not only is it on sites like Glassdoor, but it's also the people who work in the company. They don't want to invite their friends. A lot of good employees come out of referrals where you've got a great employee, they've got friends who are great people, and they they tell them, hey, you know, I'm working at this great company. You should come over here and work with me, you know, work with my company because we're awesome. I've got an awesome boss and uh, you should work over here. You don't get that either. You lose that. And that's a really important place for people to find great employees. So you've lost out on all of that. Yeah, you're losing like potentially most reliable and cheapest pipeline for great talent. (laughs) Exactly. You don't have to advertise. You don't have to do anything. They're recruiting them for you. Yeah, so it's just another, again, it's sort of this hidden cost that you're not really seeing and can just cause so much damage. And, you know, it's funny, use that word tolerate. And it reminds me of a leadership saying, I think you may have even wrote about it in the book. It's what you tolerate, you teach. Right, exactly. It's what you tolerate, you teach. You get what you reward. So if you reward this toxic behavior, if you tolerate this toxic behavior, teaching it, you're rewarding it. Guess what? You're going to get more of it. 
<laughs> it's, it's, you're, you're creating a feedback loop that gives you more of the behavior you probably don't want, but you're tolerating it, you're rewarding it, you're going to get more of it. And that's certainly a consequence none of us want. You know, I'm shifting in my chair as we talk about this because there is another topic that this is leading me towards, which is about if you step back and you're able to reflect and try to understand what am I doing here that's creating this environment where someone's been able to infiltrate and like destroy my culture or there is this threat now to our culture. There's the next question, which is you have listed all of these great ways to identify if you have a toxic person in your workplace, but what if the toxic person is you? That's a huge problem for a business owner, for an executive, for a CEO, business founder, a big problem. And in fact, Gallup, the survey company, has found that bad bosses are the number one reason why employees quit their jobs. And believe it or not, 75% of employees say that dealing with their boss is the most stressful part of their job. So yeah, what if the problem is you? And unfortunately, a lot of employees report that their bosses are the problem and got to be very alert to that. If you're a business owner, if you're the problem, all these things we've already talked about, the bad outcomes of having a toxic workplace, they start with you. And just as we just said, if you're tolerating it, you're teaching it. If you're the bad boss, if you're the one who's being toxic, you're teaching that behavior to other people. And, you know, I wrote the previous book, Wait, I'm the Boss. And if you're the bad boss, if you're the one, you're modeling that to your people and your employees who are becoming bosses themselves will also model that behavior themselves. But you're just multiplying the problem. And it's so hard because, you know, when you're the boss, nobody's going to call you out. Exactly. There's so much fear. I mean, there's already fear in the workplace. That's one of the things I always talk about in the, in the books I work on is, you know, make it safe to fail, get fear out of the workplace. But when you're the jerk at work, when you're the bad boss, yeah, it's going to be the very rare employee unless they're already heading out the door. You know, you get that exit interview from the employees quitting. Right. And they'll say, yeah, I'm quitting because my boss is a jerk. <laughs> I'm just not going to stay here anymore. I'm out of here. So that's when you hear about it. But otherwise, yeah, most employees are afraid to tell the truth because they don't want to be the next one out the door. Yeah, it's so hard. And I, I think the moral of that story is you need to do the work, right? A lot of us start our companies because we had an opportunity and we have something we're good at. And we recognize that, hey, I, I think I can do this better than the company I'm working at now. Or maybe it's just this dream of having more autonomy. But we often don't have great leadership training and we often don't have great mentors. And so I can tell you what was really funny in my case uh, as a former airline pilot. One of the things we used to talk about is you learn a lot more from the captains that you don't want to fly with <laughs> than you learn from the good ones. You know, exactly, exactly. So how not to treat people from people that were in these positions of power and authority and just kind of use that to beat you over the head. But I think what I'm taking from this is that this always starts with you. You know, your business is a reflection of you. Your culture is a reflection of you. As you've said, Peter, what you tolerate, you do teach. And so the first thing you should be asking yourself is, what did I do that created a culture that allows this kind of person to be here? And yeah, go back to looking at your hiring process. Go back to looking at your feedback loop. You know, how can you find out that this is going on? And, you know, you talk a lot in your book about confronting that bad behavior when it happens not waiting and not letting it fester. And I think there's another piece here, which is make sure that you're getting feedback from a mentor, from a coach, 
from someone that can coach you on developing your own leadership so that you don't become the toxic person and that you're able to identify behavior that you can model that will help reduce your chances of really having this kind of a situation. Yeah. And, you know, when you're at the top of the organization, that's difficult. But, you know, larger organizations typically will have a board of directors. And that's part of the role of the directors on that board is to provide you with that feedback because they're getting feedback too. I know a lot of startup organizations have got boards and they're the ones who will be watching social media. They're the ones who are kind of keeping their eye on the, the news about your company. They hear too through the grapevine about what's going on in your company. And they're the ones who should be getting back to you. If no one who works for you is getting back to you and providing you with that honest and direct feedback that you need to perform well, if you're not getting it from your employees, you know, first of all, you should encourage it. You should reward people for giving you that feedback. You should thank them. You never want to punish them. You never want to yell at them like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm a great boss. What do you do? What? what? <laughs> you don't want to do that. So you want to encourage people to provide you with frank and honest feedback. You know, if you've got a board of directors, if you've got a mentor, if you've got other people who will provide you with that feedback, you know, encourage it. Feedback is the breakfast of champions is a, an old saying I've heard. And you want to get that feedback any place you can get it. Well, Peter, I want to give you some feedback, and that is thank you so much for bringing forward and shining the light on this topic. It really is one that's covered up, not really addressed, and as leaders, we have to hit this extremely well and on target and quickly, just as we've been relating. And we really appreciate you coming out with this book, and uh, we wish you all the best. And so thank you for coming on board today. Thank you so much, Craig and Shai. I really enjoyed it. This was great to be back. Thanks so much for having me. And Peter, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our audience today? As a business owner, you do set the pace. So be a model, be a non-toxic boss, be the best boss you can be. And where can we get this book, Peter? Go to my website, petereconomy.com, and you'll find right there on the homepage, a little cover of the book. You can click it and buy a copy on amazon.com. Our guest today has been Peter Economy, author of the new bestseller, Wait, I'm Working With Who? The essential guide to dealing with difficult co-workers, annoying managers, and other toxic personalities. You can learn more about Peter and find links to his content and book, all on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.